Hello, and welcome to the Designing with Love podcast. I am your host, Jackie Pellegrin, where my goal is to bring you information, tips, and tricks as an instructional designer. Hello, GCU students and alumni. Welcome to episode 16 of the Designing with Love podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a recent graduate of the Instructional Design Program, Shane Wolf. Welcome, Shane, to my podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm glad we had a chance to connect and get together just as you finished your program as well. So uh, when did you earn your master's degree in Instructional Design from GCU? I finished the program just last week, uh, February 2024. Great. So you're fresh and new and you're getting your diploma soon. So that's good. <laughs> I like that. Wonderful. Congratulations on that. That's Thanks so much. a big accomplishment. I've been there before. So I know that feeling of just relief and uh, an accomplishment. Absolutely. It, it was a lot of work. <laughs> yes. Yes. It wasn't easy, right? And especially no. juggling work and family and then yep. school on top of it. Yeah. It's one other layer of, of having to juggle things and make sure that you can do the work and do it to the best of your ability. So yeah, that can be well, challenging. Finish it out with a 3.8 GPA and it was worth it. Yay. That's great. Awesome. So what aspects of the program did you enjoy the most? Um, I think I enjoyed the different projects and they all kind of, and in different courses with different instructors. And so it kind of gave me the opportunity to try different design programs and different design ideas um, and kind of and learn what I think would be a best fit for me and, and how I envision myself getting into this field rather than um, being stuck with, with one program maybe that a professor says I have to master and it has to be this one. Um, I kind of had the freedom to to search around and choose what would work for me and had some help deciding what ones are good ideas and what um, employers out there really want to see. That's good. Yeah, I like that because then you're not, like you said, you're not boxed into something specific and you really get to explore different avenues and, and see what really works for what you're looking to do. And also, like you said, what the industry is looking for too, when it comes to skill set. Because as they say, you never know where life takes you and you never, never know what direction you're going to go. So being able to have those skills on hand is really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Well. Yeah. Especially with technology, it's always changing. And, you know, just when we think we've got a grasp on it, <laughs> then it, it changes at the drop of a hat, right? With even probably with your with your job with K through twelve, you're probably seeing AI technology being uh, really predominant. It's it's coming yep. around mm -hmm. a lot in higher education too. So yeah, it's a very interesting thing for sure. It's a it's been a big deal and really changed the way that we have to assess kids um, because they it is so easy to. There are so many tools that you can use to answer any kind of work that you might need, and they are masters of finding it. <laughs> yeah, even the little young kids you you wouldn't think they would be, but it's amazing how they can find their way around technology <laughs> and yeah. and everything. So it's amazing. 
That's great. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed that part of it with being able to explore those different tools and find what you really liked work for you and um, as well. So that's great. So shifting a little bit into like what you do. So what kind of work do you do currently do? Oh, I spent a long time as a, about seven years as a K through 12 classroom teacher taught middle school and high school. Um, this year I am a academic behavior support coach. And so I help um, teachers come up with plans and strategies to work with uh, students that are struggling with their academic behaviors. Oh, okay. Wow. So that must be challenging in some ways, but then rewarding when you, in some aspects too. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I, it's my first year teaching, but not teaching in the classroom. And it's, it's different. Um, and it's when everything works and comes together and everybody collaborates and you see big results, you really make a big impact on those children's lives. Um, and, and their academic future going forward. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Definitely. And so, uh, since you're working in that capacity, are you currently looking for work as an instructional designer or a similar role? And if so, how's that process going for you? Yeah, I am. Um, I've been kind of tweaking my online portfolio, which from what I can tell, basically all the jobs pretty much require you to have one and submit that along with your resume and cover letter. So I've been kind of professionalizing that and really taking a look at what other professional designers and their online, their websites and their online portfolios look like and trying to model after theirs as best as I can. Um, because I know that's a, a big piece that seems to be a big piece that employers look for. Right. That's true. They want to see some of those work samples, right? Of uh, Or just e- examples of the kind of work you've done, um, yeah. whether it's in the in the education area with your with what you've completed with your degree or just in the general work that you've done as well. Yeah. Um, all the jobs need you to submit work samples. So this is the way that, that you do that. And um, it seems to be I've had a couple interviews so far um, in the past couple months and Um, all of them have asked about work samples and had a discussion about that. Oh, wow. So that's exciting that you've had a couple even before you graduated. I'd like to hear that when students are able to get ahead of that and, and not think about it after graduation, but start to really think about getting out there and, and applying even before graduation. That's important because then you're, you're ahead of most students usually when you do that. For sure. That's exciting. Well, I hope it goes well and that you're able to find something either within the district that you work in or um, or close by. So hopefully you'll have something that's close to home and you don't have to travel too far or anything like that. Because I know that can that can be a strain too if you're if you have something that's not too close to home. I've done that before, and yeah. after a while, you're just like, I can't do this hour commute anymore. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. It can be hard. So hopefully you can find something that's within, you know, a good, good distance and something that, you know, you can manage as well. So. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. So are there any uh, specific areas in which you're 
expanding your knowledge and skills in the field now that you've officially graduated kind of some areas where you're kind of, you mentioned, you know, you're boosting your, your portfolio or, and things like that. So are there any areas that you're highlighting or where you really want to dig in further? Um, yeah, I, I think I need to have some work samples that, that's some instructional design content that that's designed outside of education. Um, throughout the coursework, most of the projects I did touched on or revolved around educational issues in some way because that's my job. But if I'm going to be applying for roles that are going to be outside of the K-12 world, they're going to want to see examples of work that's outside the K-12 world. So I'm kind of working just on the side of making, um, in a steel fabricating workshop, like a training course for them. Um, my, my best friend uh, is a, is a shop manager there. And so just, just for practice, kind of working on a, a course for that to share and implement and um, put all that on my online portfolio so that there's an example on there that's outside the K-12 field. That's exciting, Shane. I like that because you're thinking outside the, the realm of, K through 12 education and you're looking at different industries like corporate training and yeah things like that too. Yeah, that's great. And and it's great that you have a friend that you can say, "Hey, can I can I do some of this and just practice a little bit?" And it's always nice when you have that opportunity to do that. So that's yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Anytime they're, you can do that, it's great. <laughs> yeah, their company contracts um an instructional designer every year to to do like their required safety updates that they have to do. Um, so this year I'm just kind of doing that. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And hopefully you can get a little bit of, you know, if, if you don't, that's okay too, but it's always nice when you can get a little bit of compensation on the side and help a little bit with that too. And, but if not, you know, it's always good to kind of give a little bit back to the community too. Yeah. 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 And you know, I'm not saying I, uh, (laughs) I won't, but the main, the main, reason I'm doing it is for the practice and the experience and, and um, to right. have the finished product. That's great. Yeah. And maybe there's some opportunities down the road to do maybe nonprofit or something like that right. down the road too. If there's a, an area that you're, that you're passionate about and interested in, that could be also a great area too. To Absolutely. maybe explore. Yeah. That's great. I like that, that you're really thinking of how you can diversify your portfolio and diversify your, your skills and your sample work samples too. So that's great. Diversification is very important too in the industry and instructional design in general as well. There's yeah, for just sure. so many areas you can do in instructional design. So it's great. It's a big field and there's availability everywhere. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So the last question and feel free to, this is the one where, Many of the students that I interviewed, this is the one they take the longest on because it is it is one that, you know, I save it for last because it's like the golden gem and it's the, the, the one where I think students love the most answering and then students love, the, love hearing it the most too. So feel free to, you know, go into as much detail as you want on this one because we've got time. So what are some tips and advice you can share with those who are currently in the master's program in instructional design at GCU? Um, I would say to make sure that you balance your 
coursework and the requirements for your coursework with your job life and your home life. And make sure that you are really proactive in in working on the assignments and you're looking ahead and you're really getting uh, an overview of, of what each course is and what's going to be required so that you know where you're going in the very beginning and you're working towards that end goal the entire time, which um, I think all the courses kind of start you off like your first objective is to look through the course and ask questions and um, put comments and concerns and what what's things you already know and what are things you don't know. It's like you're on your discussion board. It's one of the first things that you do for all the courses. Right. And, and that, you know, you don't get points or anything for doing that, but I think that may actually be like one of the most important pieces. That's true. And I think it gets overlooked. I, I probably have about half the students in my class that don't do it. Maybe, maybe, or maybe about 60% that do it, 40% that don't. And so, yeah, that's, that's important that you mention that. That's the first time I've had a student talk about that, that DQ and just the importance of it, of kind of evaluating the whole course. That's important. Yeah. A lot of the, once you get past the first few courses in the program, which are more, you know, like contenty undergrad type things, content courses, and you're really practicing the field skills and the instructional design skills, um, you, you're kind of, usually you're working towards like an end result in, in the very end. And so you want to have an idea of where all this is going to end up in five weeks when you are done. Um, because if you are just going week by week by week and it, it, it's all disjointed, I don't think it flows together and, and creates a very good product at the end, or you'll, you'll be stressed out trying to figure it all out in the last week or two. Um, I think it would really, it really benefits people to look through the whole course and get an idea and kind of make a game plan for what they want to do. And they can be working towards getting the pieces and parts of that together all six weeks. And so when it's time to sit down and, um, you know, write out the evaluation plan or the needs assessment or whatever the um, task might be, you have an idea of what you need to go do. And you maybe you've lined up people to talk to, or you found people that have volunteered their time to work with you. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And then you don't run behind either, right? On your coursework and you're not right. going, oh no, now I'm I'm a couple days behind and I don't know if I'm going to get this assignment in on time and you're not panicking. Right. <laughs> right. You don't have the panic mode as much. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of the later courses kind of depend on, um, people being willing to work with you. And so you've got to kind of network and find people who will be willing to try some of your instructional solutions and, and apply and apply your ideas in real life. Right. And that, you know, that is not going to happen in, in six days. If you just start working on that right when it's due. Oh, so true. Yes. And, and that's how it is in 
the real world too. I experience that every day. I have to contact anyone I'm going to work with well enough in advance and, or contact even the college that I work with and say, okay, who do you want for this course coming up that I have to revise or this program I have to revise, um, you know, six weeks down the road. And it may seem like, wow, that's a long time to think about that. But then when you line everybody up, it just makes it so much smoother (laughs) for sure. That's a great point. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be trying to figure all that out and it's due in three or four days. Right. That's true. Yeah. And do you recommend students look ahead, maybe even to the other courses? Because I I know in the capstone, they recommend pulling that, you know, you don't really have to, but they, but they recommend in the syllabus pulling that assignment from the 525 course and then being able to utilize that to do the evaluation. So do you recommend students kind of look ahead to that as well and just kind of have that maybe big picture overview from course to course? as well. Yeah, um and there there is a document there is there is like a program guide. Right. That, that says all all the courses in in kind of like a one paragraph summary of what each one's going to be. Um I kind of referenced that throughout the program to kind of see what I had just done, where I was going and kind of see how it all connects together. So I kind of knew what I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, and it it is going to be really important that uh, you're able to save your work somewhere where you can access it later. Um, because when you're putting your final portfolio together and in your last couple classes, you're going to be kind of using using the the products and the instructional content that you've been making for the past you know few months um to put all those final things final pieces in place so right. um it would definitely be a good idea to be looking ahead to see how which courses kind of connect to each other and what you're going to need for those ones um i know a lot of people kind of use the kind of like recycle the free free trials of different instructional design courses, which I did probably for the first couple courses. But then when your free trial's up, everything you just made is gone. Right? Oh, true. So you you don't you won't have those um available to put on your online portfolio because your links to those things will not work again. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I don't think a lot of Students thought, think about that, and maybe instructors may not think about that either. So, wow, yeah. that's a that's a good um, good learning experience that you can pass along for sure. I would say, um, I think it would be a good idea to maybe include in the program a subscription to one of the instructional design programs. Probably articulate mm-hmm. storyline, yeah, um, and just have that be in our student loans. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Um, I I would agree that, and that's what's nice about that is that with Rise three hundred and sixty, it's all web based, which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah, and it's so much easier to share that way than trying to use Captivate. And I think that was the require that used to be the requirement before, and now it's not the requirement anymore. But yeah, that would be nice. When I was in school, we when I went to the school I went to, they had the it was an Adobe suite that we had it didn't Mm -hmm. have captivate though which was 
odd, but it had all the others. It had Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign. It was really nice. Uh, though I almost wish we had more time to kind of delve into those tools. That was the only thing I was like, wait, we have access to these tools and yet I'm barely using them. So I thought it was kind right. of interesting. And yet, you know, in this program, you guys are delving into all kinds of tools and doing this, but then you're having to go out and seek it. So it's kind of yep. interesting how different programs approach it different ways. So yeah, yep. that's a good suggestion for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely recommend getting, um, once you come to the point in the, in the coursework where you're starting to design, um, you know, instructional solutions and, um, you know, training courses and stuff, I would recommend going, going ahead and, and getting in a subscription to one of the, one of the programs. And for me, I, I use Storyline yeah. for, for most, I tried Captivate, uh, which I liked again, having that freedom to be able to try. And then I just ended up liking Storyline a lot better. It just seemed to make more sense to me and was really user-friendly. And I just watched a couple videos on, um, on kind of, you know, how to use it. And then, um, kind of worked off their templates and, and adjusted everything to fit my needs. Yeah, that's, I would agree. It's a lot easier to use for sure. Yep. It's, uh, and what's nice too, is that you can uh, use the storyline option and, and really build and customize something. And you can even use it with Rise 360, which is nice. So you can create something very customized and then you can go into Rise 360, which is that web-based version. And then you can import anything you've created in Storyline. So it's really right. great because they work hand in hand. And there's the micro learning option in Rise 360, which is really, micro learning has taken off quite a bit. So it's really great. That's uh, out of all the podcast uh, episodes that I've done, the micro learning one, which was the second one I did last May, is still the highest one that I've done. It gets the highest downloads out of all of them. It's, hmm. So I'm like, wow, that... That must mean something. <laughs> that yeah, must, must. yeah, it's like students are drawn to that. So it's interesting that that's, and that's something that Rise Articulate had recognized that, okay, we need to build something like this. And so it's really nice. And they have templates too. And just like yep. in Storyline. So it's, it's really nice to have that whole suite. And, um, and then if your organization or your school or company uses it, it's nice too, because then, you have access to review 360 where you can send things for review and approval before you finalize it. So it really makes it nice for the instructional designer or the curriculum developer in that way too. So it's, yeah. Yeah. My school district uses, um, uh, training courses that were designed in, um, storyline. So like now that, which I never knew before, but now that I have this experience, I can tell, Hey, I know why this looks like this. Yeah. I know what this is. Right. You recognize it now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's cool. Wow. That's neat. That's definitely good advice about the software. I think that's that's great. Um, and I think that's something that students should consider because even if it's, you know, uh, that year long, you know, it's, it's only short term, you know, and they're not doing it for the, for a long time. So it's just for the time that they're in the program. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's not, not forever. <laughs> and right. the nice thing too, is there's the education discount, which helps to save some money too. Yeah. On it, that. It, it's a big, it's a big discount. And, um, 
between that and some other programs like Canva, educators get um, for free. So right. you can make a lot of those like job aids and stuff like that through Canva. Um, a lot of like narrated PowerPoints and, t- and stuff like that all through Canva, Canva for, for free. Really easy. Right. Yeah, it's really nice. And Canva keeps adding to their their tools and their root uh and all their features. And especially with AI now, there's so many different technology options in there now. So it's it's really great to be able to constantly have those things available at your fingertips too. So that's good. For sure. Great. Yeah. Is there anything else you can think of, Shane, that you would kind of um uh, some advice or just Anything that you wanted to share with students that are going through the program? I would definitely recommend it. I think I learned a lot. I think I picked up skills that hopefully employers will want to see. Um, I I know, you know, personally, my own educational growth, I I learned a lot of new content and I, I gained a lot of new skills throughout the program. Great. That's wonderful. It's always, I'm always happy to hear that the program is that you learned so much along the way you were able to apply the information and you weren't just, as they say, like sitting there just going, what am I doing here? (laughs) Right. What did did I get myself into? So it's great to hear that you, you've, you've gathered all of that. You're continually developing your, your knowledge and your skills in the area and, and that you're, um, you're looking for that next big gig, as they say. So that's the plan. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much for your time with the interview. I know my students love this podcast. They appreciate, especially when I do interviews, that's the highlight I think of why I love doing it the most. So I appreciate the time and um, I'll get this up on our, on the podcast website soon within the next couple of weeks. All right. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome, Shane. Anytime. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this podcast episode today. Please take a moment to like the episode and share it with others so they can learn about this topic as well. Have a great day.